series uh, called Relate, Real Talks About Real Life, and really just trying to create a very warm, uh, welcoming environment for you and, and uh, really kind of talk about things that we're going through. But I've got to say that something is stirring in here. The Spirit of God is here, and amen. amen. Yeah, I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but um, um, I, couldn't, I couldn't get away from it. I still can't amen. get away from it. And um, I, I believe that the Lord is, is trying to um, give you a wake-up call. And can I just encourage you when the phone rings, answer it. You can choose not to answer. God is such, a, such an incredible uh, Father and Lord that He does not make us answer. But He's ringing your phone. And I want to encourage you, answer it. Just say, Lord, I feel you. I feel what the pastor's saying. I've never felt that before, but I want to answer that call. And just say, Lord, I'm here. Amen. You know, there was a time when Samuel was five years old and kept, get, kept getting woke up in the morning by someone saying, Samuel. And he thought it was his authority. He thought it was the priest. Yes, what is it? The priest said, go back to bed. It wasn't me. Samuel goes back to the priest. What? It wasn't me. Shut up. Go back to sleep. Samuel, what is it, priest? Oh, I think the Lord's trying to talk to you. Yeah. Next time he does, say, yes, Lord. What is it? And I want to encourage you just to say, yes, Lord. I feel something tugging at me, and I can't understand it, but I'm going to trust that it's you. Lord, what is it? And, and listen and follow. It's awesome. Something's stirring in here. Can anybody say amen to that? Amen. Yeah, I feel it. Amen. And you all know I don't do this every Sunday, do I? Something is stirring in here. The Lord yeah. is trying to, trying to get you to pick up the Amen. phone. Amen. Any of you, you ever hit the ignore button? Don't do it to God. Amen. Don't do it to your husband either. Oh, no. <laughs> Amen. Uh, all right. Real talks about real life. Uh, today we're going to be talking about a topic that um, I believe is a kingdom law um, that is at the heart of every relationship. And Jesus Christ gave this law that was so profound that it should be adopted by every society. And it is the law of reciprocity. Have you ever heard that word, reciprocity? Well, look at this scripture. This is one of the first scriptures I learned as a child. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. I believe that my mom said it this way, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. As a child, it's like, who talks like that? I don't, I don't talk like that. I don't talk in the King James this and thus and hither and whither. And do unto others. Whatever you want people to do to you, do to them also. But have you ever heard the expression, you reap what you sow? That's another thing that I learned early on in my household from my parents. Reap what you sow. Well, thanks a lot. Look at this scripture. Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whatever he sows to please, whoever sows to please their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So, what is this saying? What is this law of uh, reciprocity? If you don't want your neighbor to steal your tools from you, don't, 
steal his. Right? If you don't want the people upstream from you to pollute the water, don't pollute the water to the people that are downstream to you. If you don't want to breathe bad chemical air because someone else is polluting that, then don't pollute others, right? If, if you're in the workplace and uh, you, don't want to, you don't want your boss to be oppressive to you, then don't be oppressive to others. You see, this is a kingdom law that what we want done to us, we need to do to others. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. I'm thinking about families. You know, that's what I start thinking about and being in your household and, you know, taking care of things and going ahead and doing things that need to be done. Um, you know, our house, um, I'm just going to be honest here. Sometimes our children have toilet paper rolls. Um, rolls. I meant to say wars. <laughs> toilet paper wars. And that is who left, who, who did not leave any? You know, and go ahead and take care of that. And that's doing unto others as you would have them do to you. You know, it's a funny little thing. But how many of you have those struggles in your household with a lot of children? You know, you just don't leave it in that, in that place, um, you know, of not, of not taking care of another person. Um, and so I think we've got to th think like that, that you do reap what you sow, and we need to take care of things, and we need to take care of each other. Um, so, yeah. It goes into the workplace, it goes into um, our communities, and it, and it really begins at home. That's where Does it anybody really have toilet paper wars in your home? <laughs> you ever have a child scream, somebody bring me the toilet paper? <laughs> are, are we the only ones? Or is it the parents the that are yelling ones. at it? The kids run it out, and the parents don't look at it and see it until they're in over their head. <laughs> But the Word of God says, if I'll replace that toilet paper, there will be toilet paper when I come back. <laughs> Amen? Sorry. Now, if you don't want to be struck by a reckless driver, and I want you to apply this not just to driving but to life, then don't drive recklessly. So many times it's us that are the reckless drivers but expect everyone else to be good, sane drivers, right? But if we will sow uh, accordingly, as so according to what we would like to receive, that's what we receive. But I want you to know that if this kingdom kingdom law would be applied, there wouldn't be need for jails. It's the truth. There wouldn't be need for prisons. These problems, these burdens of government would be lessened. Mm -hmm. And you know what would happen? Productive energy would come back into the workforce, into the home. If people would do unto others as they would want to be done to them. Amen. Amen. If we put that into practice, it would revolutionize our society. Let me just tell you, just in the church, just in your household, can I tell you that kingdom laws will work if you'll just do it in your home? Amen. It will spread if, the if it will start in the home. The problem is we're looking for everything to change outside the home, but it does not work that way. God works through the home. He works through the individual. And if we will change at the core grass root, it will have implications on our society, on our nation, on the world. It's a law. Amen. Amen? So, 
I want to encourage you. This is a kingdom foundation for all relationships, for all social relationships. So on that note, you guys check out this video. Or Nothing like living with you. It's like Let's try the following preview has been rated M.E. for Mixed Emotions. Coming soon. The Miserable. It's the story of Jean Bonbon, a French guy who was very sad because he had no cookies. Look down, look down, no cookies anywhere. Look down, look down, meet on me in despair. Until one day, things started looking up. Really? Hey! <gasps> Ooh la la! That French for cowabunga cookies. But not everyone in France was as happy as Jean Bonbon. I dreamed a dream of cream gone by. <laughs> a cookie I could give my daughter. <laughs> not having cookies makes me sad. <laughs> Makes my eyes fill up with water. <laughs> Jean Bonbon knew just how Flantine felt. Oh, actually, me not so sure. It's hard to tell with all that crying. He looked at her face. He saw what she was doing with her body. She crying and she hugging self. She bored. No. No, she not bored. She, um, well, me cry and hug myself when me feeling sad. Yes. Thank you. Why are you sad, Flantine? <laughs> because my daughter, Creamette, she loves cookies. <laughs> but I don't have any to give her. <laughs> well, just look up. There's a cookie on a cloud. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, that too far up. <laughs> But what about those cookies? Whoa, no. These me cookies. Au revoir, lady. But, uh, Cookie Monster was so happy he had cookies. Until he heard his friend, E-Pining. On my own, wishing I had cookies. Or singing. On my own, wishing I had yours. Suddenly, Jean Bonbon understood what Epinine was feeling. She sad. No. No, not sad. No. He looked at what she was doing. Oh, good idea. Oh, well, she's trying to take me cookies. Uh, she want what me have. Oh, me know that feeling. What that feeling? Jealous? That the one. Oh, uh, <clears throat> it's okay, Epinine. Uh, when you find your own cookies, then you not feel so jealous anymore. Bye-bye. Do you hear the cookies crunch? It's really more than we can bear. That's the sound of John Bon Bon. He's the guy who would not share. Why is he taking all the treats? Why does he leave us with the crumbs? Maybe you learn to share with us what tomorrow comes. Jean Bon Bon understood what his friends were feeling. Yeah, me no have clue, but me can figure it out. Me just look at their face and see what they do with their body. Hmm, 
they raising fists and stomping feet. They angry. That's right, Tan Bon Bon. We're angry because you have all the cookies. Yeah! So, why don't you share your cookies with all your friends? Moi? Maybe if me sing song about it, me have epiphany. Who me am? And me monster who doesn't care? Or me monster who want to share? If me have cookie and friends have none, then me should share with everyone who me am. We know who you are, Jean Bonbon, but will you share your cookies? Yes, Angel Food, me share cookies! Yeah! I've got marshmallows, s'mores for everybody! One day s'more, one day s'more, one day s'more! Don't miss Le Miserable, the feel-good and not-so-good movie of the year. Amen. I don't know about you, but how many how many here struggle with someone comes up and you don't really know what they're what they're going through, and uh, Cookie Monster never could figure out what someone was going through until he stopped and looked at him <laughs> and listened. You know, instead he was kind of going on his own way. But you know, how does this apply? Uh, how does how does um, Cookie Monster and his cookies apply to the Golden Rule? Yes. Yes. Well, I think it does. And poor little Cookie. I mean, he always kind of seems like a two-year-old to me, you know, the way that he thinks. And it's mine. It's mine. These cookies are mine. And he doesn't want to share. Um, but I think in reality, look at what happened as we made it through that entire little segment that he learned how to share at the end and he learned how to give. And I think that that was just a cute little way. And, of course, I come at this from, you know, child child development and family relations, and I can't help but to bring in a Cookie Monster video. Um, but I think about him, and I think about us, and how we've got to learn how to give. You know, give, and it will be given to you. Um, you're going to throw that one up there, aren't you? It's Luke 6, 37 to 38. Um, but give, and it will be given to you. And I think about how it's a teachable moment. And I just want to encourage everybody, you know, what the Word of God tells us, that when we're born, we're born with a sin nature. And you know what? The truth is, is these, don't, these kinds of things, you know, to give, to flow in mercy, to flow in compassion, a lot of times it's not something that really comes natural to us um, because we're born with that sin nature. And just like I think about teaching children, you know, appropriate behavior in that, hey, you know what? We're going to share we're going to love people. You know, we're going to forgive people. We're going to extend grace and mercy. You know what? It was a teachable moment for poor little Cookie Monster, wasn't it? And he did it. He learned how. He learned how to share. And I think about us. You know, I feel like, I feel like life is just full of little teachable moments. And you know what? We've got to be able to walk through those moments and say, okay, Lord, what are you trying to show me? How can I give? How can I serve? How can I extend grace and mercy? How can I forgive? Because you know what the truth is? We're going to reap what we sow. We're going to reap what we sow. And I want to sow good seeds. I just do. And I want my children to learn how to sow good seeds. And, of course, 
we're a little bit older, and they know this a little bit better than what they did when they were little, but I can tell you this type of thinking does not come natural to a child. And so I just want to encourage you as parents, don't get frustrated. Just recognize, you know what? These are teachable moments. This right here is something to learn. And you know what? Cookie had to learn it. Cookie Monster had to learn, didn't he? And so do we. You know, as Cookie Monster was walking around with that big bag full of cookies, when we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, I don't think we realize what grocery bags we walk around with. We walk around with bags full of mercy and compassion and love and um, ability to bless and to meet a need that someone has. Whatever need that they come up to, come to, they come to Christ when they come to you. Because you have the Spirit of Christ in you. You have access to the throne of God when they come in, into contact with you. So I want to encourage you. Maybe you're in your job or maybe you're in your marriage or maybe you're at school and no one will give you any mercy. It seems like everybody's on your case. Maybe everyone is judging you for everything that you do. Does anybody, does anybody feel judged everywhere they turn? Do you know how you defeat being judged? It says, if we go back one scripture, it says, judge not, and you shall not be judged. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. It's so hard to not want to step into the judge's role. Even in church, it's easy to become a judge and want to judge everything that's going on. When you go to work, it's easy to judge your boss. When you go home, it's easy to judge your kids and to judge your spouse. But it says, judge not. So if you will sow not judging, you will not be judged. Now, I can tell you, you can make a decision today and say, okay, I'm not going to judge. But you get to work and somebody judges you. Uh, you've sown seeds. There is no just flip the switch and all of a sudden things work well. You've got to sow seeds. And how many of you know that when you sow seeds, it takes time for those to come up? Amen. We cannot go out here and plant tomato plants and have tomatoes tomorrow. Right? So if we're going to sow, not judging, then the fruits of that is going to come later. So don't, what, what happens to us is we make a, a New Year's resolution to start exercising, and when we don't have a buff body the next day, we quit. We literally think if we go and run a mile and lift some weights, then tomorrow we're going to get up and look in the mirror and we're going to look different. You're not. You're that same flabby <laughs> thing. Right? Those, those seeds have to be sown, and you've got to keep sowing them and keep hanging in there. And it doesn't water. just happen overnight. But we walk around with these grocery bags full of mercy. Even though if you were to take a, a personality test of mine, in my past, I have not scored high in mercy. But I want you to know I am full of mercy Amen. because I have the Christ full in me. So I have the ability when someone's hurting to be able to give mercy. And Scripture says, I don't know if you know this, but in Matthew it says, if we will sow mercy, we'll reap mercy. Amen. If we will give mercy, we'll receive mercy. It says, if you will uh, judge not, let's just read this one just for a minute. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not. Anybody here get condemned? Anybody here have people that condemn you? Make you feel guilty? Anybody have family members that make you feel guilty? Anybody have people at work that make you feel guilty? 
That's condemnation. It says in, in Scripture that there is therefore no condemnation in Christ. Christ isn't going to make you feel guilty. He's going to bring conviction. He's going to show you truth in order to get you back on the right track, but not guilt. If you don't want condemnation and guilt, then don't sow condemnation and guilt. You know what using condemnation and putting guilt on people is? It's manipulation. It's trying to get someone to feel a certain way so that you get the reaction that you want. And that's demonic. Amen? Amen. And then it says, it goes on to say, give and it'll be given to you. Give and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Can anybody here just in the natural prove that law? I will not make a dime on an investment that I do not invest in. I will not receive a crop from my garden if I don't sow crops into that garden. Amen? Amen. And if you'll go back just a second. Oh, that's you. Um, That judge not. I don't know if anybody struggles with that scripture, if it's just me, but I have really struggled with that scripture, especially um, especially in past years. I feel like the Lord has really helped me. Um, that will still kind of crop up on, in me on occasion where I, I want to pass judgment. Um, but I want to encourage you when you see something and you want to judge it, this is, this is um, years of walking through wanting to judge. Um, but I learned 2 Timothy 4.8 says that God is the righteous judge. That's who he is. He's the righteous judge. And so you know what that means? That means that it's not my job to judge. And when I learned that God is the righteous judge... Then you know what I do when I see something that I think is unfair or unjust or wrong? And let me tell you, my compass points pretty north. I mean, I'm pretty... Black and white? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't really like that terminology. You look to me like you were waiting for me to say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I have that tendency, <laughs> and, and, and I see it, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much perceive it, and, and it is what it is. And so I want to tell you that I have had to learn that God is the righteous judge, not me. Not me. And so that means when I see things that I want to judge, the Lord has shown me that that's my cue to pray. That's my cue to pray. It's not my cue to call it out. It's not my cue to run and go tell or address it. Because a lot of times, that's where I've gotten myself in trouble in the past, is I'll just, you know, and I'll think I'm being a blessing. Or at least that's what I used to think. Um, you know, let me just sit straight right here and tell you what the Word of God says. And, you know, that is not always received. And, and so I have learned um, that that's my cue to pray. And a funny little thing, one of the ways that I learned this, and I'm going to tell you all a story um, because I tell stories. Um, but I was, this was years ago, and um, Pastor Paul was actually working for somebody um, who... Um, did some zany things on occasion, 
and I was a stay-at-home mom, and sometimes, and I don't know if any of you moms can relate to this, but sometimes when you're a stay-at-home mom, it's kind of like you, what was going on in his world and what was said to him and what, what maybe his hurts and, you know, what he was carrying around, I tended to pick up more in a, in a probably bigger way than what I should have, and I would get hurt, and I would get hurt by this boss. Well, that probably may sound crazy to you, but I did. I was hurt, and it was really his job, but it was like coming over on me to a point where he would try not to tell me. But it was funny because the Lord was teaching me not to judge because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to call him out on it, and I wanted to say this is wrong. Well, sure enough, this is so funny, but when I would get hurt and, you know, see things kind of like I was seeing them, I would literally, the Lord was teaching me not to judge, and he was teaching, he was calling me to prayer, prayer to pray for this man. Well, so you know what I, I would have to do then is I would always find myself in a place of repentance. Lord, I'm sorry, I've been judging. And then the Lord would lay it on my heart to make this family, this boss and his family, food. <laughs> so I would come in with this big chicken dinner and mashed potatoes and, drop him off at the office. <laughs> and, it, and it was so funny because his response to me was so kind. He would say, oh, Miss Elizabeth, you are so sweet. You know, I'd send f- food home with his, for his family. And I thought, if he only knew that this is the Lord. Like, you know, this is me being repentful because I have had such a bad attitude. And so I just want to encourage you that if you find that you are wanting to judge everything, Take it to the Lord, be real with him, and tell him, and maybe you might have to bake somebody a pie before it's all over with, but you know what, that's not the end of the world. And I tell you what, I learned how to get my little attitude straight. And, um, and we also learned a little bit of how to walk through that together, I think. Um, because I yeah, was picking don't, up don't his defense. Don't tell your wife everything that's going on bad well, I was picking up his defense. Just kidding. Well, I was picking kind of. up your defense, and, and you can't do that. You can't pick up other people's defense. You get yourself in unforgiveness and bitterness when you do that. So, anyways, there's my little story. Amen. Well, I want to go back uh, on the give, and it will be given to you. Yes, I think amen. that we kind of get mixed up sometimes, even in some kingdom laws, that we believe if I tithe, then I'm going to get this great return. And you may say, oh, my gosh, the pastor just, what's he about to say? Well, go, go with me just a minute. Yes, there is a promise in blessing and tithing. But if you are being stupid with your money, you've got another whole problem. You cannot be stupid with your money and run credit cards up to the max and just go out here and frivolously spend and then go give 10% and expect God to bail you out. It does not work that way. You cannot live a life of sin and come in Sunday morning and repent and just keep, keep walking and not have the consequences of those sins. You have sown seed throughout the week. You will reap that seed. Mm-hmm. Amen. So when it comes to tithing, I want you to know tithing and being faithful over money have to go hand in hand. God will give you the ability to make money. He says that he will give you the ability to prosper. When he gives you that ability to prosper and you follow it and you give according to his word, he is going to pour out so much, and I don't mean just financially, so much on you that there will not be room enough to receive it. The problem is we grab hold of this one little nugget 
and we let everything else go. It's the same thing in our marriage. We sit here and treat our spouses like duty. Is that a biblical term? I kind of think it is. But then we come back and say, sorry, and expect everything to be okay. And it isn't. I have sown seed right here in this relationship, and my heart needs to change. Now, I'm not perfect. I'm going to continue to make mistakes. But if she sees my heart changing, if the Lord sees my heart changing, man, he is going to be right there with me. But if I'm being dumb with my money, if someone is needing mercy and I'm not giving mercy, it doesn't matter how spiritual I get on Sunday mornings. I've sown seed. Amen. Do you hear me? This is not, we, we cannot come into church and expect to get everything wiped clean and then have another great week. No, it is a life of serving God. These are kingdom principles that will prove to be true. God's word is true all the time. You can't undo it. You can't undo it. When you've sown a seed, you're going to reap that seed. How many of you have, have you gone through a sinful life and have been restored? Anyone? If, if you're human and you've received Christ, that's you. Because we're all sinners and we've all made mistakes. But was there consequences still to that sin? Do you know I still go through consequences of my sin? Even though I've, been re I've repented, I've put it behind the blood, it's, 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 it's nailed to the cross. But you know what? There are still things that I still go through because of it. I've made dumb financial decisions that we're still paying for. Even though I've gotten my heart right and I've decided not to do that anymore. Anybody here have financial issues that you're going through even though you've turned your life around and you're trying to get it right? It's this law of reciprocity. What we've sown, we're going to receive. So what, do I, what I want to encourage you on is start sowing. Investment into your marriage. Love and time and mercy and compassion and joy into your relationships. It's not just, hey, I get to go up and, and, and do this one little thing and all of a sudden my past is behind me. No, no. We have consequences to, our, to what we've sown. Uh -huh, to our actions. Yeah. Do you know it says, if you will draw near to the Lord, he'll draw near to you. It is the same law. If you will draw near to the Lord, he'll draw near to you. Give, and it will be given to you. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. You know one big one that we left out that was on that scripture? Let's go back one more. Someone said it. I heard him. Yeah. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Have you got people that just won't forgive you? You can't control them. You can't make them. But I will tell you that Scripture tells me that if someone's holding unforgiveness toward me, then I have not sown forgiveness. God will move in that person's life, whether they know the Lord or not. My word is true no matter what you do. No matter what the lost or the unsaved or even the saved. Let me tell you, saved people hold unforgiveness. But the word of God is true to me that if I will sow forgiveness, I'll receive forgiveness. Can anybody say amen? Anybody have family members that won't forgive you? Then look to yourself. Quit looking at them. Yeah. You can't control them. Yeah, and I think we've got to do our part. 
You can't, you can't think, you can't say, okay, they're not forgiving. Well, maybe they aren't. You know, that's that whole don't judge thing. But, but you forgive where you can. We can do our part. I think about that scripture that says, um, don't just be hearers only of the word, but be doers. So we've got to do the word. I can't sit around and think about everybody else out here not doing the word of God. We just have to concentrate on ourselves. And you know what? God's going God's to concentrate on them. Remember, he's the righteous judge. And so if we will just remember our part, and our part is not to judge. Our part is not to condemn. Our part is to not have unforgiveness. Our part is to forgive. So we just need to focus on doing our part. Be doers of the word. And you know what? We need God to help us do that. It's supernatural to forgive. It is so supernatural. There are times, I'm telling you, I can't do it in my own strength. And I know, I know there has been things that have been done to you in your life. I'm telling you, it's tough. But that's where God can come in and we can forgive. And it doesn't mean what that person did was right. It just means, you know what? I'm going to forgive. I'm going to supernaturally forgive, and I'm asking the Lord to get involved in that person's life. Amen. Let's close with this last scripture. And it's more about sowing your words, the words that you're saying. Um, and really, Elizabeth, I'd like you to, uh, to share on this. From Matthew 11, um, it's on name-calling. I don't think it's Matthew 11. It's Matthew 5, right? Matthew 5, 21. Yeah, there you go. Sorry. Okay, so you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, that is like idiot, okay, um, like name-calling, shall be in danger of counsel. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So, you know, I just, I just want to remind you, and one of my sweet little kids, and, and I won't tell you who it is, but one of my sweet little children came to me the other day and was reading the scripture, and we had a long talk about this scripture and about not name-calling. You know, watching what you speak over people. And I can tell you, I think especially if we're talking about not judging and not condemning, you know what? We've got to watch our little mouse. I have got to, I've got to guard my heart and I have got to control my tongue because it is so easy to let stuff spill out of your mouth. And you know what? Look at this scripture. It is ungodly behavior. Um, it, we are in danger. This scripture says we are in danger of hellfire. I want to encourage you. And I'm not talking about living in denial, okay? It does not mean that everything we have to say, I'm, I'm going to encourage you to speak positively. That's, that's what I'm encouraging you to, you to do. Speak, be positive. And when I say that, I'm not saying live in denial. I'm not saying that. Um, and I can give you a perfect example. My children, my precious children who are great children, every now and then will come home with a low grade. Every now and then. Because they really do try. They're, they're good students. But every now and then, they come home with a D or an F. And let me tell you, I am the first person to say, this is not who you are. This does not define you. You are smart. 
Now, it doesn't mean that we don't go back and look at that D or F and say, okay, what did we do? How did we get here? What did we not study? What happened? Let's address the problem. But this is not who you are. I'm going to say good things about you, and I'm not going to call you names. And so I just want to encourage you um, to speak good things. Speak good things. And I can tell you, especially over your children and over your spouse, if you are not speaking good things over your sister, over your brother, over your parents, who the heck is? Who just, is? Let me ask you. Well, all the husbands raise their hands. <laughs> okay, you can put them down. Husbands, you have spiritual authority given to you by God to speak over your family. To speak according to God's word, even though it may not be happening. We speak in faith as though it is going to happen. You speak over your wife. You speak over your children good things. You also have the ability to speak negatively over your family. Speak positively. Speak the word of God over your family. Wives, you have a God-given ability to speak into your husband's life. To make him into something that he could never be without you. You have the ability to speak over your kids. And husbands and wives, you have the ability to speak life mm -hmm. and not death. So when you see this word fool and this word idiot, I want you to see there are repercussions to what's coming out of your mouth. So you ought to speak according to God's word because I want the fruits of that seed. I don't want the fruits of a negative seed, and I have that ability. God has given me the ability to speak on his behalf, to speak things into his existence, to call down, to call down heaven into earth. I have that ability. To bind things on earth as though they were in heaven. And to loose things on earth that are in heaven. Mm -hmm. I, you, Amen. moms and dads, young people, have that ability. Amen. You speak life. Stop speaking and sowing negative seeds over your family, Amen. over your marriage, over your spouse, over your nation, over your president. Stop. Speak good words over your president. You don't Amen. know them, but they affect you. Speak positively that our president will be a man or woman of God that will hear the voice of God and be led in a godly way. Amen. Whether they know God or not, not my problem. God, move in their hearts in Jesus' name because they're over me. They have authority over me. Bless my boss. Bless my spouse. Bless my finances. And, Lord, I'm going to get into my finances and figure out what I'm doing wrong. And, Lord, as I try, I ask you to move on my behalf. I've got a broken marriage. Then what am I doing to sow negative broken marriage seeds into my marriage? I'm going to stop sowing those seeds, and I'm going to start sowing good marriage seeds. Scripture tells me that if I will sow, I will reap. It's a promise. It's a kingdom law. Will you do that? This takes a life change. Amen? And it takes yielding to the Holy Spirit. And I just, I just want you to know, I think we can walk out of here charged to say, you know what, I'm going to be a doer of the word this week. And you know what, that's good. That's a good thing to, to you know, uh, uh, profess over yourself and, 
and, and, and get out there and do. But at the same time, it takes yielding to the Holy Spirit because, you know what, our flesh is weak. And when our buttons get pushed, we have got to be willing to yield to the Holy Spirit and say, you know what, help me, God. Help me do this. And if you mess up, own it. Yeah. Can I just tell you, you're going to mess up. Yeah. Amen. You're going to mess up. Yeah. But when you do, don't quit. Get back on the horse. Amen. God, God knows you're going to mess up. He made a way for your mess ups. He made a way for you to come back. And he made a way for that mess up to not stop where you were going. You are awesome. God is wanting to move in your life in an incredible way. Sow seed. Amen. Elizabeth, will you pray? Yes. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer together. And so, Father God, we just come in, Lord God, and we just thank you for your word. Lord God, we thank you for, um, I just feel like you're charging us um, this week, Father, that we would be um, not only hearers of the word, but, Father God, that we would be doers. And so, Father, right now we come yielding to your Holy Spirit, and we just pray, Father God, that you would just, um, your Holy Spirit would just flow through us, Lord God. Father God, I pray that we would sow good seed, right. Lord God, that you would give us opportunities this week to, um, to sow good seed. Father God, I pray that, that our spirits would be attuned to you, Father, and when you prick our hearts, um, to give or to speak good or to give mercy or grace or even give financially, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that we would be in tune to you, Lord God, that, that we would hear uh, what's on your heart and that we would walk in that and that we would do that. Lord God, you are good and you are faithful. And I thank you, God, that you have a good plan, Lord God, for each and every one of us that are here. And Father God, right now we just play, pray that your plan would come to pass, Lord God. We yield to your Holy Spirit, and we thank you, God, this week that you're going to be speaking to us, showing us things, Lord God, that we need to see. And Father God, that we, we would supernaturally be doers of your word. Holy Spirit, help yes. us and That's equip right. us to be doers of your word. We love you, Father, and it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen.